0: Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 35. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. Many of you have seen a before and after picture of a diet, right? Uh, Some of you have seen, I remember when I used to have comics as a little boy, uh, they would have these pictures of these big bodybuilders, you know, and it would say, uh, you know, two months to have a chiseled body like Atlas, you know, and uh, things like that. Um, we, When I was in middle school, we, we actually played football, and one of the men that was a couple of years younger than me went by the nickname Pebble, and he was about half my size, and his older brother's nickname was Rock, and you kind of get the idea. Uh, but I remember we moved away a short time later, And we came back to visit several years later, and Pebble went from being half my size to being twice my size. And, I mean, he had muscles upon muscles and was just huge. And I was so amazed at the transformation. But can I tell you, the transformation that takes place in a diet or in a workout scheme is nothing to be compared with the transformation that is going to take place someday when we get our glorified bodies. And uh, it's, the scripture tells us that we need to have a hope in this time. Uh, to carry us through uh, times when we're struggling. Uh, this hope will give us strength. Uh, to carry us through uh, times of, of maybe um, hearing what other people say. Uh, and, and you know, the fact is we're saved because Jesus has raised from the dead. Uh, And salvation comes through his resurrection. Uh, The new body comes through his resurrection. And by the way, because of this resurrection of Jesus Christ, you and I have the grace to live the Christian life. The Bible says he supplies grace upon grace. And so all of that is tied to this hope that we have Uh, And in this scripture that we're going to talk about today, there were some people who were denying that there even was a resurrection. Uh, and, And Paul says, look, first of all, we all, all of us apostles, share the same gospel. Christ died for our sin according to scripture. He was buried. He rose again the third day according to scripture. And it's through faith in Jesus Christ That we're saved. He said, There is no other gospel. There's one true gospel. All of us apostles preach this gospel. And he says, I want you to understand that this is our hope. And if the resurrection doesn't occur, then Christ hasn't raised. And we're all in serious trouble because he's not there to provide the strength that we need, he's not there uh, to be the evidence of the possibility of our salvation. Uh, he's not there to ensure that one day he will raise us up with a glorified body. And so he makes his argument, and he goes through the first part of the chapter making this argument, but when he gets to this part of the chapter, he begins to describe the glorified body. Apparently, he had heard something like I have heard in my teenage years. Uh, Well, how is God going to raise up these bodies? Because after all, Uh, you know, you have the the body decays, it doesn't stay together, you know, and uh, without getting into too much detail, so how will God raise up this body, is it even possible for God, and of course I believe it's possible, but some people believe that, and so Paul says look, I want you to understand it's going to be different, the resurrection body is not going to be the same, it's kind of like you planting a seed in the ground, the seed Breaks open and a plant comes forth. The plant looks different than the seed. It has different characteristics than the seed. He said the same thing is true of the resurrection body. He says it's going to be different. And so he begins to describe how this resurrection body is going to be different. And uh, as he does so, he gives us hope. And then he says, because of this, always be diligent and Do your work for God with excellence because you know that it's not in vain. Can I tell you, if you're serving God, you're going to receive a reward. It's not in vain. Uh, One day Jesus is going to raise us up and we'll be caught up into the air to meet him. And the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord and we will receive a reward. So continue your work for the Lord. So all of us need to continue being diligent in our work for the Lord. Why? Because the work is not in vain. Jesus is coming. Uh, The title of my message is Describing Our New Bodies, and we're going to talk about how they're described. But look with me in verse 35 of 1 Corinthians 15. But someone will say, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they have when they come? "'Foolish one, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. "'And as for what you sow, you are not sowing the future body, "'but only the seed, perhaps of wheat or another grain. "'But God gives it body, a body as he wants, "'and to each of the seeds its own body. "'Not all flesh is the same flesh. "'There's one flesh for humans, another for animals, "'another for birds, and another for fish. "'There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies.' But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. There's a splendor of the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars. For one star differs from another star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Sown in corruption, raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. Sown in weakness, raised in power. Sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man, he's speaking of Adam, was from the earth and made of dust. The second man, speaking of Jesus, is from heaven. Like the man made of dust, so are those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man. Brothers, I tell you this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, or speaking of dying, But we will all be changed in a moment in the blink of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. For this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place, death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Now, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not vain. Describing our new bodies How are our new bodies described? Well, first of all, they're described as an upgrade. An upgrade. Um, My first car was a Ford Tempo, and it had undercarriage problems. Matter of fact, we discovered that the undercarriage, to fix it, would cost more than the value of the car. So we didn't fix it. Every six weeks, I burned up two tires, and I had to replace those tires. That car had problems. Finally, it died in the mall parking lot. And I decided it was time for an upgrade. And I went and bought me a Toyota Tercel, which some of you are thinking, that's not an upgrade. But it was. Listen, trust me, it was. There were no tire problems. There were no mechanical problems. My friends in the military called it the pregnant roller skate. But it ran, and it was an upgrade. Uh, I want you to know something. We all have experienced upgrades at some time or another in our life, but there's going to be an upgrade like no other upgrade, and it's an upgrade to our bodies. Verses 42 and uh, 43 and 44 describe this. It says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead, these resurrection bodies, sown in corruption. What he means by that, not only the fact that we won't have a uh, uh, sin nature, because our current bodies have a sin nature, our future bodies won't. But also the fact that our bodies cannot decay; these present bodies do decay, right? Um, I won't ask you to give testimony about someone else, okay? But but we can see that. We can look in the mirror. I, I look in the mirror sometimes, and I think. <laughs> I I was looking, we were talking about those veteran pictures, and I was looking at my military picture, and I was thinking, good night, there were no lines on my face. (laughs) There's some decay going on here somewhere. Uh, But these bodies decay, but those future bodies will be raised in incorruption. They will not decay. They will not wear out. There will be no need for knee replacements or hip replacements with our new body. Uh, It will be completely perfect. And it will last forever. You've heard of a lifetime warranty. Some of the car companies are doing that now. Give you a lifetime warranty. How about an eternity warranty? It will last for all eternity. It will never wear out. It is sown in dishonor. See, we are colored by sin. Uh, We have been uh, defiled by sin, but it will be raised in glory. No more sin. By the way, did you know the Bible says the righteous will shine like the stars forever and ever? The scripture teaches that when we have these glorified bodies, they will shine with a radiant glory. I don't know exactly how to describe that other than to say that they will shine. But there will be a glorious nature to them. You ever felt kind of humble and and just just felt like, you know, Compared with this movie star or compared with uh, this, you know, I was talking about weightlifting this bodybuilder, you know. I got my toothpicks, you know. uh, How do I measure up? Listen, I want to tell you something. You're going to be glorious. You're going to shine like the stars of heaven in brilliance. So this is part of the new body. What else does he say? Sown in weakness, raised in power. Some of you are strong. Some of you... Uh, are athletic but it it is weakness compared to what our future bodies are going to be like think about this for a second the disciples in the current bodies that they had healed the sick raised the dead that's some power isn't it that's in this body what's it going to be like one day when we have that glorified body it's going to be a power i don't even think um, we can completely wrap our minds around it, but it, it, there's going to be a new power. You're not going to have to worry about being too weak or broken down. Um, we had an uh, old buzzard spring chicken birthday party for my pastor. Uh, he was turning 50. His wife was, was turning 49. And so we were making these jokes. And one of the things we were joking about, we said, you know you're getting old. When everything hurts and when what doesn't hurt doesn't work. And um, sometimes we have experienced that in our earthly bodies. There's a weakness that's there. But the Bible says that we are sown in weakness, but we are going to be raised in power. We'll have great power. It's an upgrade. Sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. It is a body but it is a spiritual body. How is this an upgrade? These bodies die. That body won't die. Uh, Also, as a spiritual body, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later on in the message, but as a spiritual body, we'll be able to be in God's presence. See, now, if I were to look at the face of God, I would be immediately struck dead. This body can't handle it. But that body will be able to be in the presence of God. So, the first thing, the new bodies, describing our new bodies, how is it described? It's an upgrade. Secondly, I want you to see that it is a likeness. It is a likeness. Look at verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, by the way, a a name for Jesus became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and all things are become new. There's a new creation. There's original creation as well. God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and he became a living soul. The first Adam had a natural body. Jesus was raised with a spiritual body. When Jesus arose, there was something different about his body. And he says that this same likeness, the likeness of Jesus will be our likeness. Look at verse 47. The first man was from the earth made of dust. The second man, Jesus, is from heaven. Like the man made of dust or those who are made of dust. Like the heavenly man or so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man. We'll have a likeness to Jesus Christ. I like Corvettes, as you guys know. The new Corvettes, when they came out, I was so excited. Have you seen the taillights on those things? They look like talons. I mean, they're cool. But one thing I noticed, if you look at one Corvette of that make, every Corvette of that make is going to look similar. Now, there may be differences in color, differences in feature, but they're all the same make. He's saying, look, just as Jesus was raised up from the body, raised up into a new glorified body, so we will be. What were some of the differences of Jesus' glorified body? Well, he could just appear in a locked room. I tell you what, uh, you might get company quicker than expected, huh? You know, They just appear in your living room. Um, Jesus was able to disappear. You Remember when he was with the disciples on the road to Emmaus? He's eating dinner with them and he disappears. I often thought that would be cool. Uh, when my parents gave me lima beans that I didn't want to eat, I could just disappear. But uh, Jesus did that. Uh, there were also some similarities. Jesus could eat. Jesus was able to be recognized. Okay? Um, he bore this, the nail scars, but I believe that is partially because of his role as as our high priest before God to show him the nail scars. But also as a way of recognizing him. So there will be a recognition your, your loved ones and your friends will recognize who you are in heaven. Um, Jesus was able to ascend up into the sky to the Lord. Now, the Bible says there's a new heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. And um, I, I think it'll be cool. You, you talk about long trips and traveling to the beach or traveling to the mountains or whatever you, you're doing. Think about that. You can be in the new Jerusalem and then all of a sudden you can just appear Somewhere else in the new earth. Maybe by the, your favorite stream. or where I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But I'm just looking and observing. He says it's going to be like Jesus' resurrection body. So there will be a likeness. We, just like we have a likeness in our human bodies to Adam. So we'll have a likeness in these new glorified bodies to the Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection body. So that ought to give us hope. Listen. I want you to know something. You will experience life as you have never experienced it. In this, in this life, we have trouble with sickness. We have trouble with illness. I remember when my parents used to take me to Klingman's Dome, for some reason, I went through this season of time for two or three years where I would get car sick every time we'd go to the mountains. And they'd have to pull over, and I won't describe what happened when they pulled over. But... There won't be a a sickness that takes place like that. There'll be nothing. Have you ever had one of those trips you plan for a long time, you're so excited and you go and then just everything goes wrong? That won't happen. And so we'll have these glorified bodies that will be just like Jesus. Uh, It'll be an upgrade. It'll be a likeness. And um, because of this, we need to have hope. This life is not all there is. We're going to have an upgrade, and we're going to be able to enjoy life as we've never enjoyed it. We're going to be able to live in a creation unmarred by the curse, unmarred by sin. Perfect in every way. No tornadoes, hurricanes, or whatever. Perfect situation. Uh, It will be unlike anything else we've ever seen. So we need to be encouraged. Continue to serve the Lord. You will be rewarded. I love uh, the, the words to that song "The King Is Coming," where it talks about uh, those who are crippled, broken, ruined, clad in garments wrought white as snow. Those who are who have amputated legs will have complete limbs. Those who have diseases that that cause their bodies to be broken will be restored. Uh, those who have been persecuted. Many in the church around the world are being persecuted uh, and, and maimed sometimes physically because they name the name of Christ. Can I tell you, they will have a perfect body when they're raised up. Don't give up in your service for the Lord. Uh, continue to excel in your service for Him because it's not in vain. Describing our new bodies... It's an upgrade, it's a likeness, and it's a change. Look at verse 50. Brothers, I tell you this flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. If you and I were to stay in these mortal bodies, we could never enjoy the fullness of the blessing of God's kingdom. We're limited. These bodies are not designed for the fullness. Now, you say, well, I thought the kingdom of God had come in Jesus Christ. And yes, it's true. We have his kingdom within us, don't we? We, we serve Christ the king. We obey him and we follow him. And the kingdom of God is the spiritual body called the church here in this life. But this is the down payment. The very best that you've experienced with God in your worship. The very best that you've experienced with God's people. The very best that you've experienced in studying God's word. Or whatever spiritual blessing you're talking about is just the down payment and the foretaste. The full blessings are yet to come. And the Bible says that when we are changed, we will have these glorified bodies So that we can enjoy that kingdom as we are intended to enjoy it. So this life is preparation for the next life. And there will be a change. Somebody said verse 51 is the the, uh, nursery verse. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Uh, But this is talking about spiritual death. Or I mean physical death. We will not all fall asleep will not all die in other words the bible says that when the rapture of jesus christ occurs the dead in christ will rise first then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them to meet the lord in the air Uh, so the rapture has some people who are living and some people who are dead but both the dead and the living who put their faith in jesus christ will be instantaneously changed and will receive their glorified body and so that's what he's talking about. In a moment, in the blink of an eye, verse 52, at the last trumpet. The first trumpet was at Sinai. The last trumpet that God blows is at the rapture. You say, there's other trumpets in Scripture. Yes, but God doesn't blow those trumpets. There's a first and there's a last. And the last trumpet that God blows is the trumpet to call us home at the rapture. Um, he says... The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. This corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility. This mortal must be clothed with immortality. Um, Can I tell you, your receiving a glorified body as a child of God is as certain as the promise of God. It could happen at any moment. Wouldn't it be great if it happened while I'm preaching? God just transformed us and caught us up to glory. We will be changed. So, describing our new bodies, how they described, it's an upgrade, it's a likeness, it's a change, and finally, it's a win. It's a win. Verse 54. When this corruptible is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. In other words, if I sin and I don't trust Christ, death means hell. It means eternal judgment. Um. The power of sin is the law. The law of God uh, declares that the life that I've lived is a sinful life. But I love verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus bore our sin in his body on the tree. That's what the scripture says. He took our penalty for us. He rose from the dead. And the Bible says because of what he has done, if we Repent of our sin and put our trust in Jesus, God will save our soul and He'll give us eternal life that begins the moment we trust Christ and lasts forever. Um, so, how is this a win? Well, Jesus, first of all, rose from the dead. The Bible calls him earlier in this chapter the first fruits of the resurrection. So, what Jesus did. At the resurrection is what will happen in each one of our lives. Now, you say, well, how is that a victory? You remember when Adam sinned? One of the saddest chapters in Scripture, God throws Adam and Eve out of the garden and puts, a, puts an angel there to guard the way to the garden so they can't take the, the tree of life. And the Bible says, Cursed is the ground because of you, Adam. Uh, in toil, you will work it. Uh, and and he, he goes through the different curses and he says, Look, um, you eventually will die. You, he did immediately die spiritually uh, when he sinned. You'll eventually die. And, and there's this defeat. The creation that God had intended, the relationship that God intended for man to have with God, was, was broken because of sin. And so you go through the Old Testament in the preparation for Jesus' coming. But it all looks forward to it. You see over and over again the failure, the failure, the failure. Israel failed to obey God. Israel is taken into captivity. And even when they come back to, from captivity, they fail God again. And Ezra has to bring about a great revival uh, through prayer and so forth. Uh, but uh, there's failure, 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 failure. And then Jesus comes. For the first time in history, there was a man who never committed one sin. And he went to Calvary's cross, and he bore the penalty for sin so that you and I could be forgiven. The relationship with God could be restored. But not only that, creation itself could be restored. Scripture tells us that when Jesus comes back, this world will be different. He'll restore it. And then ultimately, there'll be a great burning of fire that will take, take this old earth and the old heaven away, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. But all that is made possible through Jesus. Listen, I've been saved from my sin. His mercies for me are new every morning. One day when I die, if Jesus tarries, I have the hope of a resurrection and I will immediately be in God's presence. I get to enjoy the presence of God now. I have a hope of the future yet to come. Why is that? It's because of what Jesus did. The glorified body will come to me because of what Jesus did. But I want you to look at what he says here. Verse 54, death has been swallowed up. In victory, Isn't that a, a great picture? You ever swallow up your Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, you, some of you skip breakfast so you can eat more, right? And so uh, you, uh, you begin to eat and you, I mean, boy, you're swallowing it down. And there's nothing left on your plate. Maybe you have to go around like this for a few hours afterwards because you swallowed it down. Death has been swallowed up in victory. In other words, Jesus Christ has done away with it. There's nothing left. And when Jesus comes back, that great reversal will be even further. And uh, we'll receive those glorified bodies. What a great hope we have. Can I tell you something? What is it, what's the implication of this for your life? There's nothing that you can face in this world that Jesus can't handle. If you're struggling with a trial right now, what you know Jesus can carry you through it. If you're facing a, a struggle with sin, Jesus can give you victory. Uh, if you're um, failing in your walk with him, he can restore your heart. It, whatever it is, it doesn't matter the challenge. He is able. Jesus is the God of the resurrection. I love what Peter says. We have a living hope. It's a win. And because if Jesus win, you and I win. I want you to know something. You say, well, I lost a battle this week. That's okay. Jesus already won the war. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing. Not hell! Itself can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Resurrection power resides in you and me if you trust trusted in Christ. It's a win. I'm going to shake off this old body. I'm going to put on that new glorified body. And it only gets better from here. Amen. Describing our new bodies, how does he describe them? That's an upgrade. It's a likeness, the likeness of Christ. It's a change, and it's a wind. So what should we do with this? Look at verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast. Keep on keeping on. When life gets hard, you don't quit. You keep trusting Jesus. You keep serving Jesus. You keep following Jesus. Be immovable. Through the power of Christ, Overcome the work of the enemy who tries to get you off the path that you're supposed to walk. And then always excelling in the Lord's work. Do your work for Jesus now so that you can get your reward later. Knowing that your labor in the Lord is not vain. There's some ladies downstairs working on the meal. Amen. And... Uh, Guess what? They're not going to lose their reward for that. Jesus said, you give a cup of water in my name. You'll not lose your reward. They're going to be rewarded for that. You're going to be rewarded for the things you do for God. Those words of kindness you share to encourage somebody. That act of mercy that you do for somebody who's suffering. uh, That encouragement that you offer to that Christian brother or sister that's struggling. uh, That service that you give to your church. That witness that you give to the lost person. I want you to know you will receive a reward know that it's not vain. And all the the pain that you experience in this life and the struggle one day it's going to be over. It will be worth it all when we see him. You keep on. Keep it on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, give us the